0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Good friend of the show. Always thrilled when he takes the time to join us. And that's David Sampson, former executive uh, and president of the Marlins. Now um, doing big things uh, in our business, in media, with podcasts, shows, you name it. David, good morning. Thank you for spending time with us. How you doing, my friend?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you.
1: Um, all right. Let, let's dive into it. As we know right now, Major League Baseball uh, canceled the first week. They're hoping that maybe the season starts April 7th. Everything I'm reading and I'm hearing, that doesn't look likely. Let's start with this first and foremost. Give me the top three things that you feel are uh, the most important to the players as to why this deal is not getting done that the owners are not agreeing to. Give me the top three. Everybody says, like, pick your battles wisely, right? Like, not everybody's going to agree on everything. Give me the top three that you feel is prohibiting the season from starting right now.
0: Number one, they want younger players to make more money faster. Number two, they want the highest spending teams like the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, etc. They want to have no curb on their spending. So they want a higher CBT, which is the competitive balance tax. They want a higher threshold so that teams who spend up to that threshold will spend more money. And then number three, they want to find a way to stop teams from tanking in order to have more teams trying to win each and every year.
1: Okay. And, And based on those three hot issues, how far apart are the players and owners in working that out, in your opinion?
0: I think it's just like one mile smaller than the Grand Canyon.
1: Oh! And,
0: and, and here's why. Because the players seem to not understand a couple of realities, and the owners seem to not understand a couple of realities. So let's start with what the owners don't understand. The owners are used to the last 10 years or so where the players cave easily They're not organized and the things they want were easy for the owners to give. So in 2016, when we did the last collective bargaining agreement, Tony Clark, the head of the union was very interested in comfort type things, game time changes, things that make it easier for players to travel, better food in the clubhouse, all things that were very easy for owners to give and they weren't very focused on economic issues. Now they're much more focused on economic issues and the owners don't seem to understand that the players are very united and they're very willing to miss games. And that's something the owners didn't expect. On the other hand, the players don't realize that when you're down eight runs in the eighth inning, you cannot hit an eight run home run. And what the players are trying to do is make back all of the losses in their mind that they had in the last few collective bargaining agreements, and they're trying to do it all at once. And they've got to realize that you can't get back in the game by hitting an eight-run home run. But on the other hand, the owners are not even willing to give up a solo home run down seven. So what I mean by that is when I'm president of a team and we've got a six-run lead in the eighth inning, I'm telling our pitchers, just throw strikes let them hit solo home runs you can't lose a big lead with solo home runs but the owners don't even want to give those up and so you have a situation where you've got two sides who are being really stubborn and they're both willing to miss games and they both don't feel like they're at the edge of the cliff yet where they have to do a deal and that's why there's no deal
1: so a, a, a lot to unpack here again David Sampson joining us here on 98.70 SPN. so how how did the players get so far behind why were the previous negotiations in the last collective bargaining agreement so um frivol- frivolous is is, is would, would that be the right word to use like why why wasn't it why weren't why weren't what they were fighting for was more significant like what we're seeing right now why
0: that's certainly a word that I used back in 2016 when I was smiling Uh, while Tony Clark, who's a former player, great player, great person, but he just had a different view of what his union members wanted. He really was focused on things from a player standpoint, a player comfort standpoint. But then they hired someone named Bruce Meyer. Bruce Meyer is someone who most people haven't heard of, but he was brought in by the union to negotiate this collective bargain agreement and he is far more focused on economic issues, far more focused on making a name for himself as a hardline, tough negotiator, and far less interested in making a quick deal. And all of those things have added up to the standstill that we're at right now.
1: So so, so. with that being said... Um... You know what? what Do you what? what, How do you envision this playing out? And, And what is your time? What is your realistic timetable, David?
0: So in 2020, we learned that you can start the season at the end of July, play 60 games, and have a full postseason, and that everyone's okay. You have a champion at the end of October. It was the Dodgers in that case, and all the players, and all the fans, and all the executives thought, and all the broadcast networks said, "Well, that's that's a representative season." So for me, the outside date is the end of July. But I think a more realistic scenario is somewhere in the month of May, you start, you play 100 to 115 games, and then the big negotiation is how much do the players get paid? Do they get paid as though they played 162, or do they get paid as though they play only the number of games that are actually played? So the problem with not starting the season on time is when it used to be let's say five issues that they they were still negotiating now there's seven issues and the added two are the number of games and the amount of money that the players get paid for those number of games so the the negotiations have gotten a little more complicated
1: now you know and, and again I'm I'm not as savvy when it comes to major league baseball as you know as I am with with the NBA with with, with the NFL and what I do know about the NFL is that they're the haves and the have-nots. Now I was also reading that, starting in in April, that the uh, Major League Baseball Players Association is going to be handing out fifteen thousand dollars a month to players. Which, you know, okay, for some, but you know that that's not going to fit their bill in regard to. I would imagine some that that's their mortgage, right? So. um you know, what What happens? One thing I, I do know that, that happens whenever the NFL is about to negotiate a collective bargaining agreement, you know, you've got the halves, which are typically your quarterbacks in the NFL. It's about three to seven percent of the NFL that are making enough money where they don't have to play a season and their lifestyle is not going to miss a beat where the other, you know, 93, 97 percent are. What's the percentage here in regards to the players that if there is a work stoppage longer than what? Um, a number of people are anticipating, are the haves and the have-nots going to come to some type of internal disagreement within the Players Association?
0: You know, you bring up such a great point. Max Scherzer, who is obviously working with Scott Boris, whose hand is really in this collective bargaining agreement way more than people realize. He's great, where where he has passion and he's trying to get his point of view across – the intensity that he brings to the mound he's putting into these labor negotiations, even though he's a pitcher and not a labor negotiator, it would be the equivalent of me going to a a meeting and trying to tell Max Scherzer, you know, what I think his grip should be on a four seamer, right? That's just not my strength. I, I don't have training in that. I'm not good enough to do that. Max Scherzer is not a labor negotiator, but what you see them saying is we are doing this for future generations. Well, over half the union makes the minimum. Over half the union will never make it to free agency to say nothing of arbitration. And the owners have offered a huge increase in the minimum salary, which would actually make a huge difference for an overwhelming number of players in that union. So eventually, those players making $15,000 a month are gonna say, wow, 15000 a month, if they pay me for the six-month season, That'll, oh my God, I'm only going to make $90,000, but the owners offered me $700,000 as a minimum. I can't afford to do that. So eventually, I think you'll see a big number of players in the union say, hey, we're going to have to figure out a compromise here because we don't want to miss all of this time. So I'm fascinated to see whether or not the players like Scherzer start funding the rest of the members of the union so they can hold on for longer. And I just think that that's probably not going to happen. And I think that's what the owners are counting on. So that's why in life, and it's not just baseball, management always has an advantage over employees because management's time horizon is longer than their employees. Management's pockets are deeper than their employees. So they're able to withstand these sort of work stoppages, which happen, by the way, in all sorts of industries, not just baseball. But we're not at that point yet. Because March 31st is the first day when players miss paychecks. And then it takes another month or so or two months to say, wow, we're in danger. We're getting toward the cliff. And that's really what I'm looking for, is when both sides feel that they're getting to the point where they have to make a deal. And we're just not there, which is why you don't have a deal.
1: So what do you expect for this week, right? They're going back to the negotiating table this week. What do, we, wh- what do you expect? Anything
0: I expect sandwiches, maybe some sodas, a <laughs> cup of coffee. You know, you have a conversation. You sort of mm-hmm. have have a little schmear. You talk a little bit and say, man, this sucks, right? And they say, yeah. But are you willing to compromise? No, are you? No, not really. I don't think it's really time yet. Well, should we keep meeting? Because every time we meet for 15 minutes, then it leaks that we met for such a short period of time and everyone gets angry. Are you going to leak and try to get an advantage from PR? Well, yeah, are you? Yeah, we're going to do that, too. Well, that's not going to accomplish anything. I know, but it feels good. Yeah, I know it feels good. All right, see you later. That's what I think you're going to see.
1: Wow. David Sampson joining us here on 98.70 ESPN. Uh, a few bigger bigger view pictures here uh, or topics that I, I want to tee up with you. And, you know, a lot of people feel that, uh, first of all, Major League Baseball is is in a situation where, right, attendance is down, ratings are down, people don't love baseball, there are other options, you know, people are still, even though, you know, the NFL have their, has their own issues, but people are still falling more in love with, with football, right? NBA is, is on the uptick as well. You've got March Madness around the corner. You know, how, how big of a hit do you think baseball is going to take big picture here, David, in regards to this work stoppage?
0: I mean, nothing but a few steroids were take care of, right? No, I'm just kidding. India. Come on. Oh, for all of you listeners out there, I'm referring to the 1994, 1995. Oh, we
1: know. We steroids. know exactly what you were referring to. Well, you and I know. I'm worried that there's some millennials who are saying, what the hell is that guy talking about?
0: And then we have the McGuire's to Home Run Derby in 1998. Right. Which was that got everybody the back. Person. <laughs> no i'm just kidding. I'm actually not just kidding, but there's such a great <laughs> number of young players that once baseball comes back, I think that people will realize how much fun it is to watch but i wanna i wanna stop you from saying one thing because you're spreading terrible rumors that aren't true
1: uh in baseball
0: Uh-oh. franchise valuations are up right I mean listen, you've got Garrett Jeter willing to buy a team for one point two billion dollars, so if you really know that baseball's healthy in that way, you've got absolute national tv broadcast deals that are extended for the next 10 years at huge huge increases over what they were so all of the different ways that owners look at the health of baseball have nothing to do with the way the media portrays it so just keep in mind when you say oh attendance is down ratings are down it's woe is me everything stinks that is not how owners look at it because they look at the value of their team they look at all of these sort of underlying numbers and trends and they do not see that sort of destruction that you are describing.
1: Interesting. Okay. And and you don't you don't feel that you know what what's transpiring right now and in what very well could transpire in the next week or possibly months to come if God forbid we're talking about July and a, another 60 game schedule, you don't think that that will have a uh a negative effect uh, in, in regard to the sport?
0: Listen, I don't think it's ideal, but I also don't think it's the end of the world as we know it because it's just not. So here's what happens. Let's just say that you've got a shortened season this year and you've got right now everybody in the media and all sorts of fans saying this is terrible. Owners are billionaires and greedy and players are millionaires and they're greedy and angry. But then all of a sudden you've got Tatis or you've got Juan Soto, or you've got the Yankees who are competing to make the playoffs and then have a great playoff run, and Judge and Stanton are hitting home runs, and you've got Cole pitching for seven innings, shutout ball, and then you're going for a World Series. Fans just want to watch the game on the field and hope that their teams have a chance to win. That's why I love expanded playoffs, because more teams have that chance. And the minute you get into playoffs, is the minute everyone forgets about all this labor stuff. And you have me on the show in September, October, talking about how amazing the pennant run is, how amazing these playoff series, how amazing these young players are, so the narrative can change really, really quickly.
1: Uh, Last one for you. One of my producers, Will, sent me an article in regard to this Ghost Win so like in, in, in a three game series, yeah, so in a three game series, the, the team that has the better record starts with a, with one win. What, what is th- This sounds a, a little wild to me. What, what is this about, and do you agree with it?
0: Yeah, Matt Scherzer is going crazy about this, and it makes me laugh because there's no way 23 owners 23 owners will approve it. I just want to say one thing that Rob Manford is not to blame for this. Rob Manford does what the owners want him to do, and he can only offer to the players what 23 out of 30 owners will vote yes to because you need 23 owners to vote yes to any agreement. So this ghost playoff situation is something I'm going to cover on tomorrow's Nothing Personal because think about this. If you are a team and you've got the better record and you go into a series up one nothing, what exactly – that means that you have to win one out of the next two and – The team you're playing has to win two of the three. So you're still playing three games, but it's a one-nothing series. It makes absolutely no sense because what we're trying to do, we. I said we, it's not we. It's what the (laughs) league is trying to do. I'm you, I'm not we. What the league is trying to do is get more games on television, not fewer. Because that is where the money is. And so the networks have no interest in this ghost win, because think about it with the NFL. Can you imagine if you had a playoff game where the first round you had a team that started before the game starts, they're up 21-3, to 3, right? That, that That's sort of the advantage you're giving a baseball team by being up one nothing in a best-of-three. It's silly. And you wouldn't do any playoff game in the NFL starting up 21-3 to 3 or in the NBA starting at the half, you know, up by 16 points. It just changes the competitive nature of the playoffs of the specific game, and it lowers the number of games available to the networks. So the the league told the players it's a non-starter already, and why Max continues to talk about it is beyond me.
1: Uh, David, always great having you on. Thank you so much, my friend. Uh, make sure let let folks know how can they find you, your shows, your 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 Twitter, your Instagram, all the great stuff uh, that you occupy.
0: Well, thank you. Just listen to Nothing Personal with David Sampson. We're there every day, wherever you get your podcasts. We're on YouTube, and we talk about not just baseball, but all sports and culture and entertainment and politics, and we have fun every day. Twitter at David P. Sampson, where I enjoy engaging with fans and letting people know things that are going on that you're not being told anywhere else, just because I was there doing it for 18 years. And I'm willing to talk about it because I don't want to go back. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.